a little less than that from the one I got, but it was like at one of those. This program is intended uh, oh, for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis. It is 2 p.m. Saturday, or, yeah, Saturday. I have to remember. 2 p.m. Saturday, May the 1st. Welcome to the 1st of May. Uh, joining me today is Warren Harper. Uh, we had a really great show yesterday. So if you missed it, make sure you go to um, our YouTube channel or the Twitch TV uh, or my Facebook page and watch that episode. I thought it was a really good episode. It made me think about a couple of things that I needed to talk about. Um, so if you don't mind, Warren, I want to get these out of the way. Sure. Go right ahead. Excellent. And you notice I, I, I was, uh, I was very tight on the mics today. So I didn't cut off any, uh, dialogue. Um, on, let's see the, the, see if I can get my grants off my stream. I think I'm, I got a little lag here. Oh, you look fine here. So uh, a week ago, last Sunday, I sat in with Elijah of Lizard News Network, and we had a great conversation. If you get a chance to, to catch that, um, you can go to uh, Facebook and look for Lizard News Network. Um, and we, we talked for a couple of hours. And anytime you talk <clears throat> that long, there's a good chance you're going to say something that you later want to clarify. So there are a couple of things that I do want to clarify from that conversation. The first was we talked about um, earning a living and, and um, working hard for what you get, things like that. And Kim Kardashian was brought up in the conversation. And I made the statement that uh, that was the epitome of fucking your way to the top. Um, <laughs> Whoa. So... I, I meant the young lady no disrespect, and I, I can appreciate that since she has uh, gained her fame, she has tried to use it in a productive way. But the problem, I think, is that there are people who have worked their lives, who have, who have hustled and put in the work um, for civil rights and, and equal treatments and things like that, and they never had an opportunity to sit with the president and advocate f for their issues. And then mm -hmm. someone who um, didn't necessarily put in the work to get there, but, you know, got there and, and, and was able to be a voice. Um, I had a little difficulty with and I inarticulately expressed that. Um, so mm -hmm. so let it be known that I meant her no disrespect. Um, but um, how she got there, um, and, and it's not, I, I make no bones about it. You can go back to previous podcasts, and I've said it before. Um, I don't think she earned that place. And uh, while I appreciate the effort that she gave and, and what she did, I think other people who have earned it 
probably should have had that, not, not probably, should have had that opportunity to make a difference in the lives of other people. Yesterday, <clears throat> oh, there was, um, so I also made a comment about uh, during that um, Lizard News Network interview, I made a comment about cable news. And I stand by that comment, but I probably didn't articulate it in the best manner. And that is that part of the reason that I started this podcast was because I felt cable news had let us down during the Trump years because it came about, mm-hmm. it became about screaming matches and yelling at each other and salaciousness and not about the news. That doesn't mean everyone. There are people who worked very hard. I, I have a fondness, true fondness for journalists and people that work hard to make sure that they bring you the best in news and information. I just felt like um, we got let down as a nation because it was about ratings, it was about money, and there was, uh, they were trying to decide how to cover the Trump presidency. And I can understand that there was maybe some apprehension about how to do it, but the way that they did it didn't come across very well. Um, I didn't want to have a podcast where or have a show where we talk to people and it was a shouting match and it was without real substance. Um, and so mm-hmm. that was part of the reason why I started this podcast. But um, my comments probably uh, during uh, that interview may not truly reflect what I meant yesterday. Uh, and this will be the last one of the corrections or the um clarifications that I tend to make. So yesterday I made the comment that about um, the idea that there's no I in team, but there's an I in win. And if you look at it, you could attribute that to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is probably the most popular person, the most recent uh, person that has used that phrase that I know of, and my intent was not to call out uh, Michael Jordan in any any sense. I believe Michael Jordan has spent his lifetime perfecting his image and presenting himself the way he wants to be seen. The comment of, or the idea that there's no I in team, but there's an I in win goes back to my grade school days, I heard that, and Really? Yes. I've heard that. Yeah, I'd never heard that one before. Really? No, I hadn't. So I had heard that, you know, in my grade school days. And our conversation yesterday recognized what the the genesis of that, that comment is. That comment is that I don't have to be a part of the team as long as we win. That my effort to win is greater than our effort to be a team and play together. And that's not what team sports is about. Team sports Mm -hmm. is about the shedding of me or I for we, so that we can accomplish things together. And And that's what I was trying to attack yesterday was that idea that it, it, that it doesn't matter 
that winning is the most important thing and that teamwork is second behind winning. And, and that, that flips the whole thing on its head. The whole point of team sports is that we win together, that everyone is a part of the team, even the water boys, even the equipment managers, everyone is responsible for the win and everyone takes equal uh, spotlight when we win, because we win as a team, we lose as a team. Sure, sure. But now, do you think that applies to professional sports as well as uh, uh, other sports or situations where all those millions of dollars aren't involved? So, so I, I'm guessing that the question means, do you think that they're trying to, to implement that or to be teams um, when they... I, when they have so much money involved and there's so many other things that are involved, endorsements and things like that, mm -hmm. that the whole, the spirit of team, the whole idea of team takes a back seat. Yeah. That's kind of what I was hinting at. Right. And so <laughs> when you put all those dollars on the line, the endorsements, the sponsors, the, the ads, the commercials kind of thing, it, you wonder, you know, if winning doesn't take the uh, front seat, you know, okay, we want a team sport, but we got to win in order to get all these dollars. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> um, so for a while, there was this big push in the NFL where uh, quarterbacks were getting all the attention. Mm -hmm. And then linemen were the ones busting their ass to make sure that the quarterback was able to do their job yep. and the linemen weren't getting recognized. So then the quarterback started buying the linemen, you know, gifts and things like that mm -hmm. and lavishing praise on them. And I couldn't get it done without the, uh, the, the line in front of me. And right. a lot of that was platitudes. Some of it was genuine mm -hmm. because there were a lot of people making the quarterback the single focus of the success of the team that without a great quarterback, a team couldn't win. And the reality yeah. of that is crap. But, <laughs> but, but in the press and in, in advertising professional sports, they wanted to advertise a personality. When you, yeah. when you have a team, everyone's personality supposedly goes away because it's about the team play and how they played together and how they were accomplished it, how, how they were able to accomplish what they were to accomplish, but they couldn't market it that way. They couldn't market it as a team. So mm -hmm. as you're saying, the dollars and cents become, we need to make it about particular individuals. So they made it yeah. about a position, the quarterback, or they made it about a position, the safety, the strong safety or the weak safety on defense or the linebacker. And then it becomes about the per the personality in that position. Mm -hmm. So professional sports, just from its attempts to gr grow, killed the team spirit. And it all became about contracts and personalities and the people inside the team and not necessarily, and they paid lip service to the idea of teamwork. 
Yeah. And I, I think when you talk about, so yesterday's discussion was about givers and takers. The idea that individuals, that an individual is greater than the team, that the team's success depends on one or two players mm -hmm. negates the whole concept of team. Kobe Bryant yeah. and Shaquille O'Neal could not have won a, a championship without the other three players on the floor. This is true. It can, it just couldn't happen. Now we could go into some wild theories about how, if you move this around and if you change the rules this way, that, that could possibly happen, but that's not the idea of teamwork. That's not the idea of team play. That's not the idea hmm. of how this whole game was set up. So the whole idea of pushing personalities over team play actually destroys the whole concept of team and that we work together to achieve things. And one of the things I said was yesterday that takers, takers are going to want to make it about themselves. I'm not saying that the players who accepted the endorsements or the players who stepped out in front and decided to be the team leader, they, that they were takers and that they weren't team players. What I'm saying is that they, the, the, there's a team game and somewhere along the line, takers decided the best way to market this, the best way to uh, present this was if you do it by, by only identifying part of the team making it about individuals and not about the team itself. So the whole concept of teamwork is that though I may score a hundred points, my scoring a hundred points is no greater than one of the players getting two rebounds because those two rebounds were necessary for us to win the game. So the hundred points mm. is no greater, but we can see that that's not how it's presented. It's not how it's marketed. It's not how it's even talked about. And so we lose the concept of team. And now we're, I think as a society, we feel that. The whole idea of getting people involved and in getting youngsters involved in team sports was so that they recognize that at some point you sacrifice self for the good of the group, for the benefit of the team. Yeah, I could see what you mean there. But I was wondering, do you think um, all the emphasis on individual players, like say the, the the jerseys and the names, you know, where, where the star players, everyone's walking around with their name on it, their number and all that. Do you think that's kind of hurt the whole concept, concept of um, team sports, of uh, playing as a team, the well, individualism? Yeah, I think, I think, I think, that typifies the the concept of me over team. Yeah, it's me over the team. You know, um, when when they talk about a player transferring to another team, um, they talk about that individual's uh, potential greatness in that mm -hmm. in that in that team, and sometimes 
let's say you've got a, a great score and you haven't uh, already, they, they go to a team that already has a great score. <laughs> there's only so many minutes in the game and there's only so many points that can be made. So there's only so many, one person, maybe a night can be the great score. Yeah. Then it becomes about personalities and not about the team. Who's going to sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Who's going to go in and say, I'm not going to be the big guy on the, on the floor tonight. You're going to be the good big guy on the floor tonight. And that's what team is about. It's about sometimes sacrificing self for the benefit of the group. And I think that yeah. the way we've done sports, the way we transitioned sports, we've taken away that team concept and made it about individuals and not about teams. So whose job do you think um, it is to um, protect that whole team concept? You think it's on the coach, the owners, or pretty much the whole crew to make sure there's a balance between the team and individual players? I think it's everybody's responsibility. So when I, I don't, I don't pay attention to stats. I don't okay. care. I don't care if you scored a million points. One of the greatest, one of my favorite, who I idolized, was Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem. Abdul-Jabbar didn't, I'm, I'm sure he had they actually changed the game. In high school, I couldn't dunk because Abdul-Jabbar ruined that. They, they put a rule that you couldn't dunk. The year I graduated <laughs> in 76 was the year, it was the first year they started allowing dunking. And I was, and I was, I was leaving high school. I was done, I, I couldn't. So, so my high school years of playing basketball, I'm not saying I was, I could dunk. Okay. You could dunk. I could dunk. I could physically dunk. Could you one hand dunk? I could one hand. I could one hand dunk. I, I don't think I could two hand dunk. I could one uh, okay. hand. Okay. You could one hand, but okay. I can one hand. But the, some of the some of the and these guys were hit their head on the rim. I couldn't even get that close. Nowhere close. Not even with a ladder. <laughs> but um, but he changed the game. He he changed the game. He was a great player he was a seven footer who could you know he could come down the floor and be imposing in the middle um, he wasn't this great you know outside shooter but he didn't have to be that's you don't want your seven footer shooting okay. from uh, 15 feet 20 feet because the game was different but but the thing about him was he didn't he didn't rush to the limelight he didn't rush to a microphone when the game was right. over, he was ready to go to the locker room. He's done. He's done his thing. You know, he's not trying to, you know, be the next personal superstar and, and you know, all the endorsements and stuff. And that's that quiet kind of strength where he did his job. He, he made his team better. He worked with the people around him. And I don't think I ever remember hearing him complain that one player or another player wasn't carrying their weight on the team. Mm -hmm. 
And that, uh, and I actually got to see him play one game. Oh, okay. Which was at least a super treat for me. Um, I only got Where to see was him this play once. I was living in Kansas City at the time, Kansas City, Missouri. Ah. Uh-huh. And the Kansas City Kings were in uh, in Kansas City at the time. And uh, the Lakers came to, uh, I forgot the name of the arena, but anyway, they came to play in Kansas City. And mm-hmm. I think it was Lacey was the center for the Kings. Um, Abdul-Jabbar came down the floor, got the ball, spun, dunked. I was like insane, <laughs> right? Um, and then I got to see um, Magic Johnson play. He he he, oh, he wow. was on the team that team, and I, I saw him. That was that was to me one of the the greatest things that I have seen. I wish I I don't have any memorabilia from it, but it, it was it was awesome. But anyway, so I, I I think that quiet kind of, you know, it's about team and not about me, is is an important aspect that helps make things run a lot smoother. Yeah. So that givers and takers thing yesterday, you know, it, that was just, you know, one of the things that, um, that was an issue that, that I thought, you know, is reflected in our society. You can, so he talked about being able to identify, discern who the givers and takers are. And you right. can see it in team sports, who the givers and takers are. You know, anyone that's willing to stand up and believe that that they led the team to victory is probably a taker. Because <laughs> everybody on the team right. made sure that you could do what it is that you do. And their effort is just as important to the team as whatever it is that you did. Yeah, as opposed to people t- trying to take credit for the whole team's effort. Right, and take credit for the whole team's effort. Yeah, I get you. So um, this episode, I did want to talk uh, briefly about UFOs. Uh, you said you had saw a, a video on UFOs right before we got started today. It, it was yeah. It was basically some NASA files. They were just, somebody was just going through a bunch of NASA files, and I didn't I didn't see the whole thing, but uh, several people talked about UFOs, and in my mind, there's no doubt that uh, we have other uh, life forms out there traveling around doing things. You know, to think that we're the only intelligent form of life that ever existed or does exist. This is ridiculous. I mean, uh, what makes us think that we are above all of the light forms or more capable of doing certain things? I, I understand that. But but do you think that they're advanced to the, the level of interstellar space travel so that they could come, so we, we could get to the moon and back. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the extent of our space travel. Now we've, right. we've sent probes, we've sent satellites deep into space, but that's not sending a person. And so no. the technology, the, the advancedness of a society or of, of a life form to create vehicles of interstellar travel 
while I may believe that there are tons of uh, other other worlds out there that contain life, mm-hmm. one that advanced. Um, now, when you consider how old the universe is and how quickly <laughs> life changes, that doesn't seem like such a stretch. But the ability no. to to travel many, 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 many light years uh, mm-hmm. is 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 something that I'm still wrapping my head around. Yeah, yeah, and that's the, that's the whole key thing. It's your head. I mean, we assume that we have a uh, supreme amount of intelligence and that there aren't other life forms out there that compare to what we have. And that's because we're looking at what at this one planet on Earth, you know, and where there's literally billions of galaxies out there that we know nothing about. And so all we can sit and think about is what we see here or as far as we have been. We have no idea what else is out there. We have no clue beyond what we know and without knowing anything about other life forms besides what we see, we're lost. Well, okay. So when they talk about, so I, science is another one of my subjects I love. So I, mm-hmm. when I'm doing my re- my searches and doing my research and everything, I run across an article on science, black holes, quarks and et cetera, the whole thing. I always try to read through and make some sense out of it, or at least educate myself on it. Sure. The distance that has to be traveled. So our science teams, our our science community on the planet Earth has searched for planets that can sustain life as we know it. As we know it. They have gone to, they've searched planets that are millions of light years away. Mm -hmm. That if we put someone in a rocket that traveled so many light years uh, fast, that it would take several generations for for us to get there. So it's not like I could jump on a rocket with the technology that we have and make it to a planet that might sustain life. It would take too long. I would have to have children who would have to have children who would have to have children who would have to have children before we could reach that. So now we're talking, if we have UFOs, and I'm not saying UFOs don't exist. I'm just simply saying there is a lot that I need to understand before I can accept UFOs as a natural occurrence. And when I say natural occurrence, that means they traveled from galaxies far, far away and mm-hmm. decided to hang out over um, United States airspace. Because that's a long journey. I think it's a long journey. I don't think that that, 
I don't think that there's Martians, <clears throat> or I don't think that there's, uh, I don't know what you call someone who lives on Jupiter, a Jup Jupitonian, um, that have put together a, a space travel um, vehicle and are hanging out over the, the, the third rock. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm just saying everything that we're talking about right now is based on what little we know. There is so much that we don't know. I agree. Let's go back. Let's go back of just a few centuries when people thought the earth was flat. There's still people Got that think the earth, earth is flat. Is flat. So <laughs> there's still people that think the earth is flat. Even centuries well, ago. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. And, 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 you know, I found this out just from a little reading uh, a few years back that it's even written in the Bible about the circle of the earth. So apparently somebody knew for a long time ago that the earth was round. But anyway, there is so much that we just don't know. Right. And, and so it, it's hard is... to discuss things you don't know. Well, you, we're still guessing, trying to figure it out. I understand that, but I can't. So to assume that because I don't know that mm -hmm. there's a greater possibility of it happening is mm -hmm. contrary to, to, to my uh, <laughs> logic and reason of, of being. That means okay. you've, got, you've, you've got to give me something then other than, yeah, it's a possibility. <laughs> so then I'm going to look up and go, yeah, that's a UFO. No, I want to. I want to figure. I want to. I gotta see it, touch it, smell it. I got. I got five senses, and that's how mm -hmm. I am able to um, analyze data with those five senses. With those right, five senses, right, right? And and imagination is not a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, we're talking about what we know. But let's answer right. this question: We have things on this earth that our fellow man won't allow us to actually know. Why is that? Like what? Area 51. Well, that's the UFOs. UFOs. The, what do we know about that? Oh, okay. Why do they go to such great extent to keep people from talking about it? People that actually witnessed those things were threatened not to talk about it. Why? Because I don't think that I don't think a lot of people are ready for that kind of information. Not ready for what? For for information that they're not accustomed to. So if, okay. there, was, if there was information, so, so right now we are having the toughest time just having a conversation about facts that are in evidence that people can <laughs> see. Yeah. And touch you and feel like, and smell. Like the last election. <laughs> like the last election. And people are still having difficulty reconciling that. So now mm -hmm. add in something that doesn't fit within even that framework. And and you've mm -hmm. got a I think you've got a real problem on your hands. I think we do. And so I yeah. couldn't turn that information over to somebody that's that's unhinged. Or I can say unhinged. I take that back. <laughs> So, yeah. so yeah, uh, someone says uh, world panic. And that's, I guess that's what I was trying to get at. There could be a world panic. Yeah. Well, who's, what kind of panic? What are they going to do? Well, recently there was, <laughs> there was 
you and I t- just talked about it was the celebration in mm-hmm. Israel where people panicked and rather than calmly and carefully <laughs> exit the premise, what did they do? They reacted out of fear and reacted out of, of just reaction and they trampled and killed folks and, you know, even children. And they, when people are frightened, they don't have a tendency to stop and think first. They act first okay. Okay. and think second. And if you give them something that they're not accustomed to, they don't expect, they've never experienced, they're not going to do work well with it in most cases. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But do you think that um, there are certain things that we know we don't know but then there's a whole lot more that we'll never know uh, based on our time on earth. I mean, you know, generations down the, down the line, we learn more and more and more. But when you look at this earth that we live on now, you got to kind of question how much longer mankind can even survive on this earth based on the way it's deteriorating. We're robbing the resources. Uh, you know, we've got the global warming thing going on. Everything is threatening mankind's life on the planet. So right now, I think we're in a mad rush. Not, well, not you and I, because we're, we're not going anywhere. But I see the upper echelon trying to figure out how to get the heck out of Dodge so that their uh, descendants and their <laughs> children's children's children can have a place to live. Because the way if... The way the earth is uh, headed right now, it won't be around forever. Not as we know it. Hmm. I, I, I like that you are thinking about that. The difficulty mm-hmm. I have is how many people that you can think you can convince that global warming is happening? Well, I don't have to convince anybody because I know I got so many years and I'm gone, but the science has shown it. There's evidence of of the of the uh, warming. And if eventually it's like it's like uh, when your mom say, don't touch the stove, it'll burn you. And you one day you touch it and you get burnt. <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen. So Folks are going to look up and say, damn, they warned us about this. And now we're here, you know. So with all that scientific evidence that global warming exists, how do you explain those people who say global warming doesn't exist? You can't explain people. People, We're talking about people, mankind, people on this earth, man claims to be the most intelligent form of life. So when they want to read, when man wants to reject something, he rejects it because he thinks he knows everything or he doesn't want to accept something from someone else. You can't fix that. So there's nothing you can do about that. So if you can't get people to understand that global warming is true and real, and it's something that they can see and something that they can um, test that, that it does exist. How do you Uh think they're going to react if you give them space people? I don't know how they're going to react. What can they do when, because we're talking about what's on earth. 
if I tell you, okay, Leander, people out there in space, they got this, they got that, and they got that. What can you do? Either way, <laughs> regardless of what you want to do, what can you actually do? You can act out like people are acting out now. <laughs> you got people, you, you ask them to wear a mask. You ask them mm -hmm. to wear a mask. Is that is that unreasonable? Is it unreasonable to ask someone to wear a mask? To, if they're not going to do it for themselves, do it for someone else. And what has been behavior been like? Just simply asking people to wear a mask. Well, the problem with those people that don't want to wear a mask is simple. We have people, and it's a it's a person, it's a human thing. A lot of people don't like to be told what to do, plain and simple. It's just like you raising kids. Your child starts to do things. Oh, don't do that. I said no. Next thing you know, they're turning around telling you no. <laughs> That's human nature. People do not like to be told what to do. So... How do you solve that problem? I, I really, you know, that's kind of a governmental issue. It's a human uh, dilemma. Uh, some people think they need to be punished. Some people think they need to be free to do what they want to do. Uh, it's a human thing. You know, we're at the top of the chain um, mentally. So that's, it's not like, uh, we try to keep it to where we aren't just like fighting like cats and dogs in the streets and killing each other. Although that happens every now and then too, because we have wars all over the place, right? We can't get along, so we start to kill each other. But that's just my opinion on when when people don't want our mask, they don't want to be told what to do. You, They look at the news, they see people dying. They see the evidence the science, the the data. They know people that get the disease and die from it. Talking about COVID, you can look at how many times you've seen people in the hospital saying, "Oh, you know, this is this is bad." You know, well, a lot of people don't believe that. You know, but then other people see it and just ignore it. So, you know, it's a human thing. So, you know, my we, thought is, we don't want to do what we do. That's my, my best statement. The people who control that information at Area 51 mm -hmm. have seen this kind of behavior from people. And mm -hmm. their concern is that people aren't going to receive it well. But what can so they do? Your question was, why are they keeping <laughs> it from people? Why are they hiding it? And okay. So I'm simply saying to you, you have to, because people okay. don't. People don't you don't don't accept information well. Okay. I I think that that would be an answer to your question. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I uh, until we actually know all the details, it's kind of hard to say for but sure. I think it's, but it's hard to get all the details if we can't get people on board with simply wearing a friggin' mask. <laughs> When somebody has to has to get a gun pulled on them or be threatened to just wear a fucking mask, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to trust them with greater information. 
Okay. All right. I, I got you. Because, you know, if you can't handle simple things, how do you handle, handle complex things? That's all. Mm. I, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all righty. So are you saying that some people are just simple? <laughs> no, I'm not saying some people are simple. Um, what I am saying is, is that there are people who don't handle things well. And there are a lot okay. of them. And what uh -huh. we've seen um, just in this past election alone, there were 71 million folks that didn't handle it, simple information very well. Mm -hmm. And their, their, their reaction to it is, let's get in and start tweaking on voting rather than understanding why people did what they did. Why was that election like it, that, that it was? People don't want to be called babies and wussies and Pocahontas. They don't want to be called little, um, little, what was his name? Uh, the F Florida um, senator. Little, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, Trump spent his entire presidency. Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Cruz. No, not Cruz. The other one. Um, let's see. DeSantis is a governor, right? He, he uh, uh, they they gave him a hard time because he drank water on. Uh, he was giving a um, rebuttal, and he drank water. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, so people don't want the highest office in the land to be a place where someone is bullying someone else or someone is using childish insults. And uh -huh. 71 million people said, we don't give a rat's ass. We don't care. That's simple. That's, uh -huh. that's a, that to me is a simple thing. And so, and so the concern is, well, how, how do you, how do you then get people to understand that that there is adult behavior that that being insulting is not the best way for us to communicate as adults because if you're being <laughs> insulted your first reaction is to stop to stop the insulting is you know maybe i want to punch you in the mouth but 71 million people said we don't care marco rubio Thank you very much, uh, WMS Christopher. Marco Rubio was the uh, yeah, senator. Yeah. They called him called him Little Marco, but but he was insulting. He was insulting from the presidency of the United States. He was insulting folks, and people were saying, "Yeah, he's a great man." Well, yeah, he's an educated man. You know, this is this is strange because. Nowadays, you're seeing these people that you that seem to be bright, educated, and intelligent, but they're acting really, really strange and childlike. You know, it's it's kind of you were calling Trump bright and educated. No, no, I didn't. I didn't say anything right, about Trump. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. No, I'm no, not Trump. He's not bright and educated. I'm just saying. There's definitely a question mark there. <laughs> He's an exception to the rule in this situation. 
Um, I appreciate that, brother. I don't think he. I don't think. I don't think he graduated from college. I don't think uh, many of his businesses were successful. I don't think he was a even a great reality star. But you know, people liked his certain things about his personality. He didn't have much to do with intelligence. So I'm going to move on to. There was this. I definitely want to get this in. Okay, I I was listening to or I was looking at um, um, when I need the names, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, he has a podcast, so anyway, I'm gonna. He had on some guests, and he was talking about the Tim Scott. Uh, he was talking about Tim Scott's rebuttal to. Joseph Biden's mm-hmm. address. And so they were just roasting Tim Scott about him not being honest and using consistent facts. Mm-hmm. And Tim Scott wanted to focus on the fact that people called him Uncle Tom or something of that nature. Um, and so he wanted to <laughs> do what any anybody that's under pressure does he wants to blame paint everybody with the same brush but there were a lot of people who were very intelligently pushing back against things that he said that had no, that didn't call him any kind of name and didn't discriminate against him but he wanted to fall back on uh the low-hanging fruit rather than address right, right. the greater issues but there was one person that said So they were talking about Tim Scott and Tim Scott talking about all of the great progress and how we were not a racist nation. And this person said, everything looks like progress when you start with slavery. So when you start at the bottom and you're at the worst, then anything that's better than that looks like progress. And Tim's Tim's Scott's assessment that this is not a racist nation not only Mm -hmm. is not held by a lot of people, it is not even recognized that we have made a huge amount of progress, although there is some. We have made some progress. Um, I I listened to his 14-minute rebuttal, and one of the things that, that immediately struck me is I would love to have a research team because there were things that he said in there that I, I knew were false, provably false, verifiably false. And because I don't have a, you know, I don't have all of the resources necessary to, to pull that up in a moment's notice because I listened to that this morning. I didn't want to try to say this was false and that was false without having some research to back that up. And it would be great to be able to have that be the uh, team to be able to research that stuff and bring factual information into the conversation about what I, what I know to be, to be true or false. And um, it, it, it would be nice to, to have that. So we're going to work towards that. 
Well, well, well who would you have the conversation with? Us. <laughs> yeah, but I, what I'm saying is, we all know why they put people like Tim Scott out front to do this. And it, it, they're basically feeding the base. You know, none of us believe that bull crap. And I don't think it even deserves a whole lot of research because the people that are saying this, you know, they don't want to hear it. They don't, they're going to deny the facts either way you present them. So it's, it's just food for the base. They have to put somebody out front basically a token black man i'm not going to even say the word that i wanted to use but they'll put him out there say his little speech look i pulled myself up from my bootstraps this is america is great we can all do it this ain't no systemic racism you know what y'all talking about come on man it's america <laughs> that's all that it, you know he's feeding his base so i agree with you totally <laughs> But the one thing that, and I, and I think I've mentioned this on several occasions during the podcast, there are mm -hmm. a lot of Americans that know more about who won America's Got Talent, who won Housewives of Podunk Nowhere, than yeah. understand about what's going on in politics, what's going on in the world around them, what's going on in, in civil liberties, what's going, there are people that they can say that they don't like the Georgia bill, but can't tell you what the Georgia bill, what they don't like about the Georgia bill. I agree. I agree. And so I think bringing facts is not for the Tim Scott's. You're right. There's nothing you're going to say to Tim Scott. that's going to make him start to become a human being. And I, I don't well, mean that he's not a human being. I mean, yeah. he's not, he's not acting in the best interest of every American. He's acting in the best interest of some Americans, right? And I, I, what I, the, my reason for having that information is to educate those people who have decided. If you're watching this podcast, you're mm -hmm. taking time away from whatever else that you're doing, uh, and I'd yeah. like to be able to provide you. <coughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. Provide you with facts and figures and information and help to make life better for you and the people around you. That's the whole point of this podcast. So that's who I want to bring that information for. That's who I want to do that research for. I want to do that for to help the people because sometimes people don't always know where to go to get that information. They may want that information. They may, they may want to know what I, why I think Tim Scott was wrong. And I want to be able to present valid arguments based upon fact, based upon verifiable information. Okay. Based upon I stand corrected. I, I do agree with what you're saying that there are people out there that actually really need the facts. And research is very complicated. It's time consuming. It takes a lot of effort. So for people like yourself, Leon, I lift my hat off to you because you do the hard work. So I look forward to hearing some of the facts. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe, and maybe we can even tweet them back to him. <laughs> so I got a couple of things I want to try to squeeze in here real quick. 
uh, we did have a comment that um, people misuse the phrase Uncle Tom, and I've heard that, and I don't want to go down that Uncle Tom um, right, the tree right. This year. We'll come back to that. Maybe we'll what spend they're really referring to was Remus. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's start with Liz Cheney real quick. Liz Cheney is not making herself very warm and fuzzy with the uh, Republican Party. She said that Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, not Donald Trump, are the leaders of the Republican Party. You can see the headline in the, the uh, scroller down below. It's uh, from The Hill. This is an article from The Hill, and I'm reading from that article. At a GOP mm -hmm. gathering focused on policy, she said she's not ruling out a future bid for the White House. And on national television, the Wyoming Republican walked a few paces to give a fist bump to the new Democratic president, Joe Biden, before his first address to Congress. It was a big headline-grabbing week for Cheney, the House GOP conference chair and highest-ranking Republican woman in Congress, who in a few short months has made herself the face of the anti-Trump wing of the Republican Party. And it's even an even bigger target, and it's put an even bigger target on her back as the former president seeks retribution and vows to back a primary challenge to her next year while he fights to maintain an iron grip on the party. Some pro-Trump Republicans say 2022 is too long to wait to oust Cheney, who demonstrated this week that she will not be silenced. Wow. Just curious, who's on Team Cheney? Who who she got on her side? That I, I don't know. You know, I, I be honest with you, I do the best that I can to try to research. And yeah. the thing yeah. is, is that I, I have so much information going into my head and I, I, a lot of it, I document, I put someplace and then I'd have to remember where I got to go back to, to get that information. And so I need a better organization system where I can type in Liz Cheney and then all of my information about Liz Cheney comes up. And so I'm going to work on that too, but great. Right. Yeah. So, so, having those kind I, I didn't know that the um the uh anti-trumpers were gaining any momentum are they it appears just from this article that they are okay there are a lot of republicans that are former republicans that don't claim to be republicans anymore simply Correct. to avoid being associated with donald trump they don't call themselves independents they don't call themselves Democrats or progressives, they just call themselves former, former Republicans. That is becoming mm -hmm. an actual party, I think. Former Republicans. Former so they're Republicans. just taking the name off of them now. Huh? Right. Because they wow. don't want to be associated with Donald Trump, but they are. They still want to be considered conservative Republicans. Okay. You so know, you have a, a similar scenario on the left, on the Democratic side, when uh, Bernie Sanders got dissed and they, they went all in on Biden, uh, he had a huge uh, following. And every now and then, because I, I was pro-Bernie for a while, and I, I get a lot of um, information on some of his comments from some of his followers. Um, <clears throat> I'm wondering, and I think the, the big reason... I think a lot of them went went all in for um, Biden just because Trump was running. 
this time around, we don't know who the Republican candidates are going to be and how Biden's going to look toward the end, which is going to determine how people look at him, you know, for the next term. So it's going to be interesting. I really kind of want to watch them and see if they're going to be uh, still a little hot about that uh, Bernie situation. I don't, you I know, don't, I, I think it was pretty much a coup when they, uh, yeah, <laughs> everybody backed out. That. That, that hasn't been mentioned. That hasn't been mentioned, I don't know, since a, a month or so after the convention. What's that? The whole the whole Bernie debacle, but that was well, yeah, because was, see, Bernie Bernie's the, main... the, um, uh, Hillary's run that wasn't during Biden's run. Well, no, um, yeah, well, Biden uh, Bernie was before everybody backed out. Bernie was up to top. He was, I think, he was above uh, Biden, and then all of a sudden, everybody dropped out and shifted their weight toward Biden. And so Bernie ended up, you know, losing out. But, uh, you know, if you weren't a pro burner, it was no big deal. But like I'm saying, a lot of people following him. Okay. Hmm. Um, there was a mention of Candace Owens. I put Candace Owens in the same category as Tim Scott. Uh, Pretty I've made comments about Candace Owens before. We will do more Candace Owens. That's a topic, uh, not just, I don't want to just do Candace Owens. Uh, there are a lot of people that I think Larry Elder is one. There are a lot oh, of, yeah. there are a lot of, uh, conservatives, black conservatives that seem to think that the black experience revolves around them. Um, yeah. But you know, the party will never put those people out in front to speak because they're too um, they're too hardcore and they're too anti-black, even though they're black. Tim Scott's real mild mannered. He speaks softly. Uh, he's presents himself as one who pulled himself up from the bootstraps. You can do it too. These other people that some of them that you mentioned, they're actually very critical of uh, black people in general as far as to why uh, or denying that they have any real problems. Uh, this this pretty hardcore anti-black, so they would never put them out there. I don't even, okay. they didn't even in, invite Owens to CPAC, I don't think, the last time. Alrighty. I'm going to run uh, this real quick. This is uh, about the um, it's a video about the recent uh, Matt Gates updates. Oh, okay. So the Daily Beast has obtained text messages they say are from Greenberg directly asking Stone to get for him what he got for himself, a pardon. Quote, if I get you a quarter million in Bitcoin, would that help? Or is this not a financial matter, one message asks. And on January 13th, Stone reportedly replying, quote, I hope you are prepared to wire me a quarter million because I'm feeling confident a reference to his confidence that he could indeed get a presidential pardon for Greenberg, which did not occur. We are, as part of our reporting, obligated to read uh, this statement. This is new for Mr. Stone. Quote, 
I made no effort whatsoever to secure a pardon for Mr. Greenberg. I took not a dime from him or anyone else seeking a pardon. I have seen no substantiation or actual proof of any of the wild accusations he has made against Congressman Gates. Mr. Stone continues, quote, desperate men often tell lies in an effort to implicate others in their own crimes in an effort to lessen the penalties against themselves. End quote. Uh the other thing I would point out is that, again, I'm not a lawyer, but Greenberg is a person who was known to make false accusations against his political enemies. So it seems to me Fair. that if prosecutors are cutting a deal with him, they wouldn't just do so on his word, right? He's a person who appears to have committed many, many different crimes, who is an unreliable narrator, as, as Roger Stone said. But to me, that means that's all the more telling about why prosecutors are willing to cut a deal with him. It would suggest, at least to me, that it's likely that they have more than just his word. Um, and, you know, another detail of the Daily Beast story that I thought was so interesting is that it talks about Roger Stone sending message on messages on this app signal that are meant to quickly disappear, but Greenberg's taking pictures of all of them. Um, if that's his MO, I would, you know, it's it's likely that that wasn't just his MO with Stone, but his MO with Gates as well. Here to address this for the first time directly is Roger Stone himself. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Karen. It's great to have the opportunity to rebut the fake news because there's so much of it okay. out there. Uh, okay. In this case, the Daily Beast, which is, from my point of view, the lowest of the low when it comes to fake news, um, has cherry picked. Uh, and I think selectively okay. released it text messages that are incomplete, out of order, uh, out of context, uh, on different days to try to create a false Meter. narrative. Let's be very clear and get right to the point. Um, I never lobbied uh, the president or his administration or his lawyers for a pardon for Joel Greenberg. I never accepted a penny from Mr. Greenberg or anyone else who was seeking a presidential pardon. I'm aware of no actual evidence or proof that Congressman Matt Gates has done anything wrong. Like you, I've read the allegations, but where's the beef? I've seen no evidence that this is true. So uh, this is typical of the of the fake news media smear. OK, and so Warren just got to hear the last of it because <laughs> I had to cut that and put that into place this morning because uh, I got it. I, I just reached out to Karen Turk, if you remember Karen. Oh, Turk. yeah. Uh-huh. Hold on. She sent you that, what, second part? She sent me, yeah, the second part. Mm -hmm. um, she sent me a link to that because I sent her. So I, I, watched, I read the, the Daily Beast article. All right. And uh, as I said, I, I listened to, to, I didn't read the, the whole article. So let me go there first. So I was reading the, the article. I listened to the first video that I showed you. Mm -hmm. 
And um, and when we had her on, we talked about Matt Gates, and she thought that it was a conspiracy against um, Matt Gates that there wasn't right. anything there. And I'm not saying that that there haven't been any charges filed. That is true. But it is, and my concern here with this particular situation is is that we're going to wind up with the exact same thing that we wound up with Trump. There's going to be a lot of smoke. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of talk, and nobody's right. going to produce anything. And that would be exactly. my concern, is that they make all of these allegations against Matt Gates, and it never winds up in a court. It never winds up in any kind of rest, uh, restitution for uh, the, the alleged victims. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, that, so I'm following this with the anticipation that there's going to be something that comes out of this investigation and that is not, you know, another, uh, you know, attempt at getting something and then not, not getting there. The, the Russian collusion thing, it took a long time for that to come out. It took a long time for them to get to a place where they can say, this is the Russian collusion that we were talking about. And I don't know if you've seen anything like that. So there were a couple of uh, clips where they talked about the connection and what the collusion was and who who Mm -hmm. was inside of Trump's campaign that actually colluded with the Russians. So it wasn't this, um, it wasn't this, this clear, easily definable, we're going to, that, that you're, you know, selling out the U.S. government. It was a lot more nuanced than that. And my concern is, is that we can wind up in another nuanced situation like that. And then people can easily say, ah, that's just crap. You just made that up. And that would be my concern. Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing about it is, is when these news articles and these headlines come out and they make this big deal about it. Oh, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. No, we got this evidence. They go on and on for months. And the next thing you know, it just goes away. No charges filed, no proof, no nothing. And, you know, you, it, after a while, you just don't even want to hear it. You know, it's just smoke. That's what, that's my concern is that eventually it just fades into the sunset and we don't get a mm-hmm. resolution. Same thing with, with Biden and his son, you know, all the smoke, uh, nothing happens, you know? Yeah, but the Biden the Biden thing was brought up by people who were trying to shift the focus away from themselves. That was the whole sure. thing about Biden, uh, the Biden son. It wasn't because there was real problems there. It was, let's shift the focus from us to Biden, mm-hmm. to Joseph Biden's son, because Biden was running for the presidency. Right. All right. I'm going to give you the last uh, comment, and then we're going to get out of here, and we'll be back next week. All right. Well, last comment is like, I'm thinking that um, as far as the UFOs and the, and the lights, I think we are in two, we're just a, like a, a tiny grain of sand on the beach as far as the uh, galaxies and the uh, solar systems and all of the planetary um, enormity, uh, it's, it's just way too big for us to feel like 
uh, we know anything outside of how far we can actually travel or we can actually see with our telescopes, but we're getting more and more data and it's just making it bigger and bigger and bigger. So I, who knows uh, how much we'll know in another hundred years or, or whatever. I do believe one thing sure though, this earth is going to have a um, uh, deadline if, if things don't turn around the way uh, we're repleting the resources and uh, destroying the uh, atmosphere and the land. Very good. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Make sure you come back and join us next week. Um, if you can find the, you know, make sure you go someplace, rate the podcast. Uh, your input is, is valuable to us. We look forward to uh, you helping us make this a better product. That concludes this episode. And thank you for listening. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and right. Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. No problem. Visit the website. The we'll Lions talk later. Let me get on up, up out this chair and stretch my legs. And then I might hit the rack later this evening. Though. The audio version of Altitude All right, then. is available where you get your podcasts. Okay. Bye. Including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, the iTunes and the Google Play Music and the Google Play Music Store to name a few. Remember that the internet. Remember that the internet is powered by your shares and comments. and so please like, so please share and comment, share and comment on this and altitude adjustment, altitude adjustment matters because it and as always and as always for the other guy, look out for the other guy. They may not be looking, they may not be looking out for you.